Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we go all the way to Oakville, Ontario, to talk to Tom Greenwood, who's the president and CEO of Evolve Business Advisory Services with offices in California and Mexico, as well as the global head office in Oakville, Ontario. So welcome, Tom. And tell me first about your education. Where did you go to school? (laughs) Um, You know, the the School of Hard Knocks, I, I think it should be an accredited university for everybody. But uh, shockingly enough, most people will find this very interesting that after high school, I went to film school in, uh, I went to high school in, in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, and I was accepted into film school when I was 18, literally five days after my 18th birthday, I was accepted. And so I went to, I moved to Toronto uh, to go to film school and quickly realized that, you know, passion is, is a very important thing in life, <laughs> but it doesn't always necessarily pay the bills. And so I, I came to realize that, you know, actually one of our professors had told us at the time there was, uh, you know, 30 kids in each in each year and it was a three year program. So out of the 90 kids at the end of the first year, one of our professors told us this out of the 90 kids in this class, two of you are going to get jobs in the industry and the rest of you will be working at Burger King. And so I left and I went to the University of Windsor for business school, the University of Windsor. And I was there for um, two years, just over two years, two and a half years. and. And I was presented with an opportunity, you know, again, 30 years ago was a lot different than it is today. I was presented with an opportunity to work for a company um, in the Windsor area as, as their sales manager. And, you know, it was all the money in the world at the time, which was not a lot of money. And, and I ended up leaving university uh, in, after my second year. Okay, so the School of Hard Knocks, the street smarts that you've uh, learned Tell us about some of the uh, jobs that you've had over the years. You know, I've been very, uh, you know, I wouldn't say opportunity is a funny thing. And and people meet, you know, seem to misconstrue opportunity and luck sometimes. And so I've been very lucky to be presented with opportunities in my life that have helped me get to where I am right now. And the reality of those opportunities is if you don't do anything and you don't execute or you don't take on those opportunities and turn them into something, then they're just opportunities that never get realized. And my very first job after, you know, I'll call it my first big boy job, I was recruited by a company in Mississauga when I was 23 years old. And um, I was recruited by them to head up a national division. And this is back in the day where there wasn't any email or, or internet advertising. It was, you know, all somebody knew somebody who knew me and and I drove to Toronto and I interviewed the, for the for the job and you know before I knew it I was I was you know this 23 year old kid literally a kid taking on this national 10 million dollar program for this manufacturer of electric motors beer motors drives and controls that was in Mississauga and I was so young when I took over that program they used to call me boy wonder and it was such a great opportunity for me because look you know uh, I, I'm going to be honest, and I think they they probably know this now, is that I was really from the fake it till you make it type of school of thought, and I was a hard worker. I was always willing to learn. I was all, always willing to do the you know what needed to be done. You know, I, I always had a vision and an opportunity to realize my vision because I was always in you know a supervisory role, 
And I think that what, what taught me in, in that first job was to be passionate about what you want to do or what you're doing in the job that you're doing. And the execution is always going to be key. That your best ideas may or may not be, um, you know, what's going to take you um, where you need to go. It's the execution that's actually going to get you there. And so I was there for five years and, and then, you know, every job after that, it was, I was recruited into, I had five corporate jobs in my life. Sorry, I don't know how to turn this dinging off. Five corporate jobs in my life. And every one of them was, was a turnaround. I was always hired as the guy that would come in and I had this incredible innate ability to look into operations and understand what needs to be fixed and how do you make them go in the right direction. And, you know, the, the making sure that the team is, is, is engaged and focused and driven to, to get, to get things that are done. And to not be arrogant and pompous about my role and my upper, my part in the company as well too was was a big thing. And you know, after I left that company, I worked for a small electrical controls company um, that was out of Florida. Then I worked for an environmental company out of out of Canada. Um, and then every company I worked for, you know, after that was was just a learning. Every single company, you know, every single opportunity was just a, a was just a big spongery. And then my last corporate job, I was in charge of Canada, the United Kingdom, Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. And it was again for a company here in Toronto and, and a great company, great opportunity. I, you know, I was able to learn business from all over the world. But it also made me realize that that I did have something that I was really good at. And I was either A, going to be a, you know an employee or a hired gun for companies for the rest of my life, which is not a bad thing for people. But for somebody like me, you know, I would get into a company and I would turn it around and I would make this company great and then I'd get bored out of my skull. Um, and I, I would never be that guy that would be, you know, able to to run a company and it has a special skill set, don't get me wrong, to run a company and maintain a, a solid return year over year. I was really about getting in and ripping it open and fixing it and putting it on its right path and, and getting to the greatness. And, and that's really what propelled me when I was... Uh, 40 years old to leave my corporate job, my lovely cushy corporate job <laughs> and go off into my own. So, so having said that, you evolved, evolved into evolve. That's right. I hadn't thought about it <laughs> before I said that. So tell me about evolve when it started and what you do. Well, when I left that last corporate job, uh, you know, it, it was really such an interesting, interesting time in my life. I, I you know, we had, uh, it was a big operation. They had offices all over the world and I was in charge of most of the offices all over the world. And the owner of the company wanted myself and my wife at the time to move to Houston to run their U.S. operation. And, you know, that was very pinnacle. You, you always get presented with these pinnacle, pinnacle moments in your life. You know, you go down one path or the other path. And, you know, we all decide the path we go down and we all have to own that path we go down. And sometimes it's right and sometimes it's wrong. And, and you know, we weren't, we weren't at a point in time in our life where we were ready to make such a big change. And, and um, it just so happened a really good friend of mine who owned a, a, an executive recruitment company in Toronto had called me up as I'm going through this and saying, Hey, you know, I'm having a hard time to, to recruit for this role it's for this company in Europe that that's looking for a, uh, a country manager here, but it's not a full-time role. It's not a permanent role. It's only 36 month contract. They just need somebody to come in and tear it apart, turn it around and give it back to them. I'm like, I'll take it. They say, well, yeah, but it's not a job. It's good. You have to be a, a consultant. I'm like, that's fine. And that was my first job. And it was, it was for a division of the Swarovski crystal company. And so 
it really started off. And so I had to really quickly come up with a, with a business name and I searched on the internet of, but you know, what's the Greek meaning of that? Or what's the Latin meaning of this? And we came, I came up, it was stupid. It was so bad. I came up with it with a company name called Factum, um, which means it means achievement of goals. You know, that's one of the meanings, but it's also has a, has a legal meaning. And for, the good part of six years, I was running under that, being mainly myself and doing a lot of corporate turnarounds. I was hired gun for a lot of private equity and venture capital companies to come in and, and help them turn things around. And as I was getting down this path, we had uh, we had started seeing and realizing, you know, or people started realizing who I was and what I was doing. And I started getting picked up for speeches in the United Kingdom on how to successfully launch your product or service into the North American market. And and you know, the big change for me came when I was after my first speech, there was a lineup outside the lecture hall, probably about 20 or 30 people deep, really of these young entrepreneurs or these small companies desperately wanting to make it big. And there was unfortunately nobody out there willing to help them and willing to get to the point of, of where they needed to go without asking for a massive amount of equity or saying it's going to cost you $50,000 a month and you have to pay three months in advance and small businesses, they don't have the money or the, or the clout or, you know, they're not going to, they've already mortgaged their house and sold off their children to get to where they want to go. And they had nothing left, but some of these people had amazing, amazing ideas and amazing products or services. And more importantly, the people behind them were just as amazing as their product or service. And, that what clicked it for me right there. And so Factum, you know, turned from a corporate hired or sorry, hired gun turnaround company or specialist, you, you know, benefiting the world of private equity and the venture capitalists to be really truly who we are today, which is, you, you know, speaking for and working for and, and being the advocates on behalf of small, new and small businesses, because these wonderful people that we've been able to, that I personally have known for years and that our company has been able to work with over the last few years, um, they unfortunately probably wouldn't have been anywhere. They would have had to have given up on their dream and gone back to their lives. And um, because there was, there's so many people that they had already screwed them over or number two, that they didn't have the money to help them. And so evolved kind of transition evolved out of that is the real true need for, you know, a company out there to go in and put our money where our mouth is and help these companies to change, transform and grow. So your target markets are global or Mexico, California, and Canada? Well, we, we do a couple of things. So first, our, our target client is anybody that needs to, you know, expand. You know, for example, we have a we have a client right now in, in Burlington, Ontario, and, and they do sleep solutions for infants and toddlers. And she has such a great concept. She's been she's done a great job in Canada. And we're working with her right now to launch into the United Kingdom and to into the United States. So the target client, it's always up to them where they want to go. And what we always advocate is crawl, walk, run. So many new entrepreneurs or, or, or new businesses, they always look at this big opportunity about being the successful entrepreneur and I want it all. Slow down. <laughs> you can't, if you go out there and try and get it all, you will absolutely fail. That is the absolute surefire way to fail. And so we work with them and you know, we always talk about this in the beginning of our, of our relationship. It's always going to be crawl, walk, run. But by crawling and walking, when you're ready to run, you're ready to run and, and there's no looking back. And so it's we always we always work with our clients very closely on where they want to where they want to um, expand into and the market that they want to go after. Most companies obviously look at the United States as being the, the holy grail of opportunity. 
but we have people as as you know um, we have an office and, and a staff in mexico city so we cover all of latin america we have a team in place right now that covers off uh, the middle east and uh the, the mina region the middle east north africa region and i think you know it's on hold now we had already scheduled by first quarter of 2022 to open up our office in london england so our goal is to have opportunities and contacts and leverage uh, leverage opportunities for our clients and all over the world. So Tom, one of the most important things I'm hearing is building the team in various countries and communities. Mm-hmm. It's not at all about Tom Greenwood and him <laughs> being the, uh, the turnaround guy. So talk about the importance of team within your own group of companies. Yeah, you know what, Peter, that's a great point, and I'm glad you brought that up because for me, it, it's it's shocking how many people don't realize the importance of the people that are that are part of your family or part of your team. And you know, I I uh, my team will always tell you that although I love talking with people like you, I hate talking with people like you. And the reason is because it's not me. You know, I'm I'm one person, and yes, I'm the person that started the company, and yes, I have the vision and the drive and the determination and, and the strategy. But you know the twenty some odd people that we have on staff all across the all across North America, they're the people that do it every day. They're the ones that are that are you know making this happen for our clients. You know, I, I the best part of my job is to is to have our one on one you know the one on one meetings with our owners, with our clients, with the ownership and the CEOs of our clients, and and have them hear. But you know, tell me how great our team is. And you know, I, I think that the most when I started this venture, it was me doing it by myself and learning and understanding what was going to work and what wasn't going to work and, you know, falling down and scraping my nose and getting up and wiping the dirt off and keeping on going. And, you know, to build it to a point, I always told people that my whole goal with doing this and, and learning about it myself is to make sure that when we get people in that we can, I can teach them as much as I need to teach them, but allow them their autonomy to go out and learn themselves as well too. And that's so important for us is that our team is there to, to do what we need to do to help our clients be successful, but they're also there to make mistakes and they're also there to learn and they're also there to try. You know, I, I you know, I'm going to, I, I don't think, um, I'm, I don't know if we're videotaping in this or not, but our corporate mantra, which is all over our walls and our office in Toronto and all over our notebooks that we have is effort, is that we believe that the only way for our team to be truly the best they possibly can be for our clients is to not have red tape and not have somebody be up top of them going, no, you do it this way. No, you do it that way. And you have to do this, that they have to have the freedom for it. And, you know, there is not a day that it goes by that I leave the, any one of our offices and I step inside the door and shake my head and go, I don't know how this happened. I don't know how I'm so blessed to have these amazing people working with us, but it is the only thing that, you know, it's, it's, it's our biggest secret sauce that we have by far. So has Evolve a build-to-sell operation or a build-to-continue-to-build operation? It's a great question. We have, um, you know, a lot of what we do, Evolve as a company is, is, is kind of a unique unicorn. So a lot of what we do is, you know, is acceleration. And what, what, what we mean by acceleration is we have clients that have a product or service that really just need horsepower and they can't afford to hire 10 people to go out there and, and, you know, do marketing or social media or business development and all that stuff that you need to be successful because to pay 10 people salaries and taxes and medical and so on and so forth is just, you know, is is suffocating for any new business or any small business. Um, And so what we do is we provide them our horsepower at a fractional basis to work on their behalf and only charge as use. And then we, and then we take a percentage of revenue generated. 
that's our most common thing. And so for our clients in that point, that that's, they get, they're successful. You know, we feel good because we're able to help them and they're become our best cheerleaders out there in the world. They, they talk about us everywhere they go and how great we are. And then the second part of our business is that we do, in, you know, there are some companies that need a little bit more help besides horsepower. They need some financial support. And so we'll go in and we will offer them that financial support uh, through a line of credit, a non-tax, or sorry, a non-interest bearing line of credit, um, upwards of $150,000, depending on what they need. We'll also buy our equity into the company. So unlike private equity or venture capitalists, we're not going to say we're going to take it. We, we give them a fair market value for a, an equity position just to protect our investment and kind of give us the security on, on the line of credit we're going into. And those companies, we are always on board with trying to make sure that they have some sort of transaction. Um, now, Evolve as Evolve is, you know, I, I, I wish I could answer it better in such a way besides, I, I don't know. I mean, for me right now, I'm 51 years old. I've got at least another 20 years in me. I have at least another 20 years in me to be able to keep doing this. And at one point in time, you know, I, I think that we have such a unique model and we have such a unique, you know, position in the market that will grow to a point where, where, you know, somebody would be attracted in talking to us about some sort of acquisition or buyout. But, you know, for me and for the, uh, my goal would be for, for our team to take it over if that ever does happen, as opposed to somebody else coming in, because our DNA is really structured around the passion about, you know, helping new and small businesses succeed. And if we get acquired by a, you know, a big consulting company or a big private equity firm, then I don't think that they would ever have that same passion that we do. So are your employees uh, contractors or employees? All employees. Interesting. All employees. And that's important for us. And, you know, we did try, look, just like, just like anybody, and I'm not, you know, mocking the freelancer we're knocking the freelancer uh, market out there right now because it is very important for some for some companies or you know new companies to get the support that they need. But the issue that these days with freelancers are or is is that one freelancer has to have ten clients in order for them to be able to make money. And the unfortunate reality of that of those ten clients, there's probably going to be two or three that are always on you, and there's going to be you know seven or eight that are kind of you know in 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 in, in the background. Um, when we utilize freelancers, when it was just me and maybe, you know, one assistant or one admin person that we had in the office, the realization is that we couldn't get the output that we needed from them or the focus and desire and the passion that we needed from them to help our clients. And so I'm a big believer in investing in the future and not investing in the now. And I, and I really have a hard time with, with companies that talk about, you know, uh, human capital as, as a line item on an expense sheet as opposed to what it really is as an investment in, in the future of your company. And so we made the conscious decision two years ago or two and a half years ago is to hire in the people that we needed to be successful, irregardless of the amount of business that we had to support it. And that was a decision that I made that, that I knew that would change the dynamic of who we are and what we do. And we go forward now with all the people that we have on staff because it's important that, you know, when a client comes to us, they don't have to have a freelancer. They don't have to find a freelancer to do marketing and a freelancer to do social and a freelancer to do PR and a freelancer to do. They come to us for one source. You know, we're they're in one encompassing horsepower company and they have all the assets that they need internally to do it. Okay, let's uh, look forward as a visionary, which you are. <laughs> Three years from today, what's Evolve going to look like? You know, I, I think I know, I shouldn't say think, 
I know Evolve is going to evolve in the next two to three years to be more of a incubator for businesses than it is more of an accelerator. And what I mean by that is that the more and more companies that we start working with, the realization is that more and more of them need access to capital more than they need just acceleration support. Um, and, and, and not only that, we want to make sure that we have locations all around North America and the world to be able to help them and get into markets better. So, you know, we will continue to grow down the path that we're doing. We know that we have something quite unique here where, again, you know, we, we're not looking for upfront fees. We're not looking for, you know, massive financial commitments from our clients. We want to be with them on their journey in the trenches, helping them day to day, you know, day in and day out, week by week, month by month to be successful. And we truly believe what there's when they are successful, we're successful. And to be fair, that's the way it should be. I always remember these consultants that came to me when I started my business and saying, Hey, you know, if you give me fifty thousand dollars, I'll help you get to where you want to go. I'm like, why don't I give you the fifty thousand dollars when we get there? Well, why would I do that? Why don't you have confidence that you can do it? Because if you had that confidence, then it would be a no-brainer. And so in three years from now, you know, we will continue to grow and add support where we need to and add the people where we need to. And turn in more to a, you know, a financial, a privately held, it will always be privately held, financial support for small business. And the reason I say that is right now we have zero loans or zero liabilities to, to banks or to private equity or venture cap. Um, and that allows us to make the decision on who we want to work with. We don't have to go to a bank or we don't have to go to a board or we don't have to get permission from somebody and how we want to spend our money or who we want to grant credit to. It's all done internally to our team. And it's done based on criteria that nobody else would consider. It's not about their balance sheet. It's not about what you know how much money they have in the bank or what their sales are right now. It's more about the people who are doing it, their passion for doing it, and what they have and, and how they're going to change the world with their product or service. It sounds like you're building a community almost. And I guess the question I would further ask, uh, do you bring together these graduates of your program in some sort of events where they can share with each other and, and learn yeah. from each other? You know, that, that's a great question. And it's such a, you know, it's such a good thing. and such a passion of mine. I, I, I can look back at everybody that we have worked with and continue to work with now. And we, we, we often joke that they're part of the family. It doesn't matter what we do and how we do it, that, you know, these owners of these companies are my brothers and sisters and, and, and they're such a part of our DNA and such a part of who I am. And to be honest, they've actually made me better too. Um, and so, yes, we have already planned this. We, we had our first one scheduled for July of last year. It unfortunately didn't work out so well because of the pandemic. And um, one of our clients right now in Mexico City, um, it's a company that does stainless steel manufacturing of products and and I was with him a couple of weeks ago and he says, when are we going to get to do this? I'm so looking forward to meeting everybody else. And, you know, we're going to do it in, in a way where it's an event for everybody to get to meet each other. But it's also going to be a way for us to share ideas because as new business owners and as, you know, young entrepreneurs and as people, I can help out as much as I possibly can. Our team can help out as much as, our pop, as, much as we possibly can. But to have that community where they have people that they can bounce ideas off of that are in the same boat, that aren't part of a, you know, $40 million company and they're a hired gun CEO. There's somebody there that understands, you know, the passion and desire of a true entrepreneur. And we always use this as one of our criteria when we start working with a, with the client is, you know, one of the check marks in our, in, in our, in our intake is have they felt the suck as every entrepreneur, you have to have felt the suck. And then you've continued going after you felt the suck 
to be part of what we want to deal with because there's so many people out there that feel the suck and go, that's it. I want my full-time job back. I'm done. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. I want a standard paycheck. I don't want to have to worry about vendors or pay or, or receivables. So yeah, I, I, it is such a good, a, a, a focus thing for us and we, we can't wait till we actually get to do it again. What about entrepreneurship? Do you offer a program on entrepreneurship? We haven't as of yet. I mean, you know, the one thing that we do and, and I'm a big fan of is, is you know, we have a process. Um, it, I, you can't see it in my, in my corner, but it's a, it, it's, a, it's a cycle circle that we have where we follow that we want to make sure that we know everything that we know how to do things before we start going out and doing it. Um, you know, internally, we have been really, I think we've hit our stride three years ago, two and after three years ago. And I think that in the next year or two is going to, you know, further help us be better at what we're doing and be better at our craft. And I think that's when we're going to start bringing in the internship, uh, inter entrepreneurship internally. So for us to be able to help, I mean, you know, I think I have a 14 year old son and a 28 year old son, and I look at both of them as being the future of this world. And, you know, the opportunities that they have that you or I didn't have when we were younger, and it's shocking to me about their, you know, how passionate they are now about social causes and how passionate they are about, you know, being something in this world and helping this world be better. Whereas I think that a lot of people in my generation, for sure, and, and you know, I, I spend a lot of time with companies that are, you know, 70, 80 million dollar CEOs that I know, and they're so focused on business and bottom line that it really challenges me as a person that, you know, yes, my goal is to make sure our business is successful, but I'm have a goal of our business being successful because I have all these other people that are part of our family that I want to make sure continue to be able to support their families and continue to do good in their communities and give back. That's why I do it. I don't look at the bottom line and I don't look at the bank account at the end of the year and go, yay for me, because again, it's not really about me. I'm glad to hear that give back approach because yeah. uh, after doing the corporate life, I got into social innovation, mm -hmm. social enterprise and corporate social responsibility. So do you teach any of the, uh, the businesses corporate social responsibility? It's such a big thing for us. I, I, I think I was on a, I had an interview last week with Canadian Small Business uh, Magazine, or I think it was, and one of the things that we were talked about was, you know, my, my understanding of paying it forward. You know, I, I really have a problem with, with society as a whole looking at us as individuals and our responsibility to pay it forward. Where we're at a grocery store, and yes, as a human being, I will always, if somebody can't pay for their diapers or can't pay for their groceries, I'm the first person to step in and go, look, I've been there, I know what it's like, I, I will be more than happy to help you. But what I don't see is large corporations taking that on as a mantra of their own and saying, it's our responsibility as large corporations to pay it forward. And yes, you know, they can say that they, that they follow and they support Black Lives Matter or they support the social program of the day, but that's, that's PR and that's marketing. That's not really what they do. And I challenge most companies and every time I get, you know, in front of a microphone or talk in, in type of, a, a, of an interview, the one thing that we need to start doing is challenging these large corporations to not only say that they're going to do something, but, you know, show what they're going to do. How can you pay it forward? And even large corporations, you know, stop being so focused on the bottom line. When you, you're going into an acquisition, and I've been in a lot of these acquisition meetings or, or, or these target meetings, acquisition target meetings, 
where we look at and we decide on how we can get this company for as least amount of money as we possibly can and how many people are going to lay off when we do it. That's not what it's about. What about going in and saying this company is about to go bankrupt? Why don't we go in and try to do what we can to help save these jobs and help save this company for the community and really give back and use that as our springboard saying, yeah, we're a social investor as opposed to a profit investor. We want to be able to, to invest in social causes. And when we have, I have a one-on-one -on -one meeting all every month with all of our entrepreneurs that are in our, in our programs. And the one thing that they look at and, and we always portray, first and foremost, we don't get involved with anybody that doesn't have a social cause for their product or service, period. And then we work on them and how we can actually take that even further than what they've been doing right now. You know, the, the woman that owns the Sleep Solutions Company, she didn't start this because she didn't, you know, she had a child, well, she started it because she had a child that, that, that wasn't falling asleep, but she realized that the social impact of children that aren't sleeping correctly after they're born, it's not only about the mother not getting sleep at night, it, cha it challenges her health and wellness, it challenges her marriage and, and, and the source of family, it challenges the job that she has, so there's all these, you know, negative, negative things that come out of a child not sleeping. And when she started this business, she actually tied it into, this isn't so much about a sleep solution company, it's a health and wellness company. And that's so important for parents and families to understand now that it is, you know, she's taken it to this amazing, amazing corporation that she has now. So Tom is passionate about what he does. <laughs> He's excited about what happens, never knowing what's gonna happen each day. Yeah. So Tom, tell us what's the easiest website for folks to get a hold of? To get more information the easiest website is uh, evolvebusinessadvisory.com well thank you you uh, you've got a lot on the go and the pandemic has provided more opportunities than you ever would have thought of and i thank you for your time this afternoon thank you so much it's been a pleasure if you ever want to talk to me again i enjoyed our conversation i'd be more than happy to talk again